I think he'll take it. I think uh, this is an offer he was really hoping for. Um, so I'm not sure if it'll be in the next week or so or all that soon. You know, he does have some other offers. He had some other visits planned. And But I think at the end of the day, I, I don't see a, a repeat of Nick Samak or J.D. Duplain. You know, it's an early offer. It's, um, you know, all, all the things are right with this. And I think they're going to land Trey LaRue. I think he's interesting dude. You know, you you listed the size, and you cannot coach size. I mean, he is a massive kid, not really carrying a lot of fat on him either. I mean, he, he his the only thing with him, a little slow in the feet, and you know, if the footwork was a little better, and that can be improved, but if he was a little more explosive, a little quicker, I think you would have seen the bigger offers. So, like I say, I, I, they need six. I think they would take five, but. You can't have a two or a three in O-line in this class. And Ryan Day knows that. And, you know, I like Ryan Day's decisiveness. I like his aggressiveness. It's like he's not going to get caught short here. And Urban got caught short the past two years. That is not going to happen in this class. And you can see it. So I would apply to Ryan Day. And I think your comparison to Trestle is is kind of apt. And I think, you know, the national part of this, he learned from Urban. So if you get kind of a hybrid here of Urban Meyer and Jim Trussell in terms of recruiting, then, you know, it's a home run with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. Now we got to see, you know, the first class was Urban's class and Day tried to do what he could. This one's his. He owns this one. He's got a full year to put it together. So it's too early to be making, you know, all these pronouncements. But, you know, it's not too early to see how he's handling the Ohio kids he wants. You know, the goal here is not let him commit to Purdue, let him commit to Michigan State, get turned down by everybody in America, and then offer this kid October 1 because he's just going to fall on the ground and take it because he's so thrilled. That, you know, flawed strategy in the past couple of years. So I like what Ryan Day's doing. That was going to be my next question. I mean, I can tell you like what he's doing. And you, you actually uh, said those exact words. I mean, I do, too. And I love what you said about a hybrid of Trestle's recruiting strategy and Urban Meyer's recruiting strategy. And, you know, Trestle would recruit nationally, too. I know we all know that. But, I mean, Urban was, you know, the king of recruiting nationally. And I, I, I think that's completely on point. I think we are seeing a hybrid of 
of Meyer and Trestle here with Ryan Day, and, and that gets me really excited because that's a that'd be a nice hybrid to have. Um, and, and we're seeing that. I mean, I think another example you've you've written about this. It's not official yet. Luke Lachey, and some people say, well, come on, he's Jim Lachey's son. Yeah, but he's this kid's legit. Though. Luke Lachey could be next. Reading your blog, tight end from Grandview, six foot six, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, again, we know the bloodlines are good. Um, does it look like he's going to get offered? And then, what do you think is going to happen with Luke Lachey? I think he's in the mix, and and I think they need two tight ends in this class. So, you know, similar to the O-line recruiting where Day knows this, and I think we're going to see him chase national guys, and there could be an offer to an Ohio kid coming at some point. And there are five tight ends in Ohio that are going to be playing Power 5 football on Saturday someday. This is the best tight end class in Ohio probably that I've ever seen in terms of talent and depth. Um, you can list these guys one through five, and they're all quality. You know, I, and I think Luke Lachey fits because I think he fits Ryan Day. Now, Luke would not be the highest rated of these five guys, and I agree with how they're rated. How they're rated. But, you know, this would be more what Ryan Day needs for his team, not – you know, we're stacking them compared to everybody nationally, and we're looking at all their various talents and skills. This is a guy that I think Ryan Day is going to look at for better for his system. And, you know, so I think Luke Fitz, he's a heck of a pass catcher. And, you know, where most of these tight ends, they're blockers first, don't really have the speed to get down the seam or the athleticism. Watch Luke's basketball highlights. You know, so he fits in that mode. So as you make the transition from the zone read, and these a lot of these tight ends are zone read type blockers first, and you know you, you try to throw them a pass every now and then. Luke would be more in Rutgers mode, where you're talking about a supreme athlete. Now you're going to have to work with him to make him a better blocker. Luke plays wide receiver in his high school. He doesn't play tight end. We're just projecting him as a tight end, and I think that's how Ohio State is recruiting him. That body's going to fill out. And he's going to be a bigger kid, but, you know, you may sacrifice a little bit of blocking to get a, to get that speed and athleticism that can get down the seam. And, you know, we saw last year the sort of the horizontal speed that Ohio State used a lot with K.J. Hill and Paris. This would be more of a vertical speed um, trying to get a mismatch of a tight end on a linebacker. And, you know, I mean, I have a hard time believing anybody with the last name of, of Lachey is going to have a hard time blocking once he fills out. I mean, he, even Jim, the legendary Jim Lachey, took to his, what, junior year till he cracked the starting lineup, and then all he did was come in All-American and Super Bowl champion and all that good stuff. But uh, uh, great stuff there. Um, I want to move on and talk some spring ball. It's very early, two practices in the book. Everybody, everybody is overanalyzing everything. So let's overanalyze some stuff, Bank. Um, do you feel like this is a legitimate quarterback competition between Justin Fields and Matthew Baldwin? Because I'll say Matt, Matthew Baldwin's looked good when we've been out there. I just assumed it was going to be Justin Fields' job. Ryan Day says it's a battle. Where do you come down on this? Is this a legit quarterback competition in your mind or no? Well, I think it is because Ryan Day has to win, first and foremost. And, you know, I, I think Justin Fields is the guy he wants to be the quarterback. Um, you know, he brought him here for a reason. He didn't, you know, he didn't bring him here for depth. Brian, I'm here to be a starting quarterback. It's been two practices. Justin Fields has been on campus. You can count the days. You know, it's probably 70 or 60-something. You know, 
chill out. You know, I think Justin is going to be their guy. But, if you know, Ryan Day is not going to lose. He's not going to get beat. If Matthew Baldwin's clearly the better player, and Matthew has a year edge on Justin in terms of learning the offense. And Justin has had uh, – you know, how many practices again has he had? Two. Two. Okay, I'm just checking. It's not 42 or anything. So, just, you know, I think Ryan Day wants Justin Fields to be his starter. But he's not dumb. He's not going to lose. You know, if Matthew Baldwin outplays Justin Fields and Justin Fields falls flat on his face, well, they're not going to throw him out there and get beat. So, I mean, I think it's set up for Justin Fields to be the guy. Matthew Baldwin did not start as a sophomore and junior in high school. Had a nice senior year before he got hurt. Didn't get a lot of reps at Ohio State last year as he rehabbed that knee. I mean, it's, you know, asking a lot for Matthew Baldwin to step in there and quarterback a potential, you know, Final Four team. At least Justin Fields has played all through high school, played a lot last year at Georgia, got a lot of reps in practice, and played in games. I think eventually you're going to see Justin Fields separate himself from Matthew Baldwin. But if he doesn't, and Matthew Baldwin is clearly better than Justin Fields, then Matthew Baldwin is going to trot out there week one, game one, and take the first snap. Like I said, he looks good out there. We're not seeing them scrimmage live yet. We will get to see them twice scrimmage live, which will be nice. Um, it's easy to look good. Well, it's not easy. I mean, it's e- a lot easier to look good when you don't have to worry about a defensive lineman or a linebacker taking your head off on your quarterback. Right. When you're out there just throwing the ball. But, yeah, I just wanted to say because, you know, he, Baldwin does look good. But I think Fields looks good, too. There was a lot of, you know, the first day of practice, we're all out there, the media trying to get what we can, and a lot of people thought Fields didn't look good. I thought he looked good. I'm, I'm look, looking more of how he throws the ball and the release. And, you know, he reminds me a little bit, obviously he's bigger than Troy Smith, but a little bit of that effortless throwing motion. I mean, that as a high compliment where he's got a quick, it kind of takes a while to get his, his grip on the ball. Then when he does, he can rip it. And he's got kind of a, an effortless throwing motion where the ball just kind of jumps off his hand. And we know Justin Fields can run it a little bit too. So I'm with you, man. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think um, Ryan Day's not going to do anything stupid. If there's a clear difference in Matthew Baldwin's ahead, he's going to play Matthew Baldwin. Um, um, but I, I do think Justin Fields is going to eventually win the job. Uh, a couple more things will get you out of here. Um, the offensive line, it's interesting. Now, obviously, they're playing without the two guys right now that they know are going to be the left side of their offensive line. Thayer Mumford's missing spring with an injury. Jonah Jackson's not even here yet. I guess perhaps Jonah Jackson could be the center, but I have him right now penciled in as a left guard bank. Um, but right now the offensive line in spring with those two guys, Mumford hurt and Jackson not here yet. Uh, Josh Allaby at left tackle. Gavin Cup. Again, this is the first-team offensive line. Josh Allaby, left tackle. Gavin Cup, left guard. Josh Meyer, center. Wyatt Davis at right guard. And then Brandon Bowen at right tackle with Nicholas Pettiferrer backing him up at right tackle. Bowen's a great story. Just your thoughts on all things offensive line right now. What surprises you? What, how do you think things are going to shake out? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not all that concerned with who's playing where right now. You know, Gavin Cup is not going to start. Right, and right. So that's just the way it is. Um, what I would look at, Dave, is I would watch Brandon Bowen from the time he walked out of the whack until the time he went to the shower. I would watch him to see if he, where he's at in terms of his movement and getting back into things. To me, he's the key. He's the key. I mean, that guy was a really good player two years ago. And, I don't think and he looks good. He does look good. Oh, Sorry man. to cut you off real quick. I'll let you continue. He yeah. does look – he's moving well. He, he Go ahead. Yeah, but he is. He looks good and, so far. And that would mean everything to me. 
watching him go through contact drills will mean a lot to me too. If he can hold up physically, you know, when they start banging, he is such a key to this team. Um, Jonah Jackson, you know, I've written about Jonah and talk, we've talked about Jonah before. I mean, that is, that is gigantic that they landed him. You know, he, he, at the end of the year, I think he'll be, he'll be listed and ranked as their, their best offensive lineman. I mean, he's that good. So, Bowen, to me, man, I would watch him every practice instead of worrying about, you know, where's Wyatt Davis lined up, where's Gavin Cup lined up. What, you know, don't worry about that. Mumford's going to start. We know that. I would watch Brandon Bowen, man, and if he holds up physically, you know, when they go best on best, when they go full contact, that would be, the, that would be something that would, you know, be first on my list of what I'm watching. Because, you know, I'm, like, obsessive about O-line play. Probably learned that from – you know, back in the old days with Dwayne. But, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, your kindred spirit there with Dwayne, yes. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's so important. I mean, it's the cement that bonds your team. It's the foundation of your team. I've never seen a great team with an average to below average O-line. I've seen teams win championships with average quarterbacks. So the O-line just, it's so important and, and it means so much. So I, I think it's, there's not much you're going to learn this spring without Mumford there, you know, with the mixing and matching they're going to do. But what you will learn, you're going to learn if Brandon Bowen's healthy. And that is a huge, huge part of what they want to accomplish next year. Yeah, you win football games in the trenches might be a cliche, but that's one 100% true cliche. You do win football games in the trenches. There's just no doubt about it. Um, offensive line, defensive line, it's massively important. Um Josh Myers at center is another one I'm keeping a close eye on. Again, it's it's hard to tell when we're out there. I mean, yeah, Josh Myers looks like he can snap the football and run around. He looks like a big kid. I want to see when they're actually, you know, going at it, you know, how he looks at center. Is he able to, like, push B.B. Landers? Is he getting pushed back in the backfield and things like that? So Josh Myers right. is another guy I'm keeping a close eye on. Um, speak on that and maybe anything that has surprised you so far. Again, um, as we keep emphasizing, two sp- two practices in, but just anything you've you've heard, anything that surprises you so far about spring ball, and just also your thoughts on Josh Myers perhaps winning that center job. Yeah, um, no, nothing there. I mean, I hope Josh does well because he's such a nice kid, and he was a guy that. You know, I had rated really high coming out of high school. So, you know, when you do this, you always want the guys you rank high to do well. And um, so I'm hoping he does well. It's just so hard to judge O-line play because it's, it's, you know, the old saying, it's like a fist, you know, five working as one. And these are not the right combinations. And I would just look to see who's healthy. And like you say, if you're getting totally destroyed by the guy opposite and pushing the backfield, that's a problem. But to kind of judge anything out of these combinations that are not going to be combinations you're going to see next year on the field, that's kind of tough to do. The bigger, and another huge thing to me is the Brendan White move. I mean, I thought that was just shocking and staggering to, to see that. And then, you know, once you look at it closer, it's like, hey, this is a Greg Madison thing. I mean, that's what he does with Peppers and Kaliki Hudson and you know, going back further than that. So, I thought that was a real interesting move to get this defense faster and more athletic. Great stuff, as always, from Bill Bank Green. Appreciate it, Bank, and appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. 
Again, the Josh Perry Show will be later today at 2 o'clock, the Joshua Perry Show. I should say, I don't want number 37 getting mad at me. Joshua, not Josh. Thanks again to Bill Bank Green, and thanks to the listeners out there. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Bye.